Welcome to the Dream Living Podcast. The podcast for those who want to achieve phenomenal results in their life, career, and business. Now, here's your host, Angela Spears. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dream Living Podcast. This is Angela Spears, your host and Dream Living Coach. And continuing from the last episode, I have my special, special guest, Lisa Cambridge-Mitchell again, and we are here to pick up on the conversation and I will introduce her in a moment. But first I want to say, hey, Lisa, welcome again. How are you? I am great. Thank you so much for having me again. I'm so excited to be with you. Yes, excited to have you again uh, because we're talking about some very important topics, but let's first get to know more about Lisa. I'll introduce her again. She's a personal development coach and leadership consultant, and she helps creative-minded professionals overcome stress and overwhelm to create joy in their personal lives and success and meaning in their professional lives. So again, excited to have you, and I just want to give you the opportunity to tell us just a little bit more about yourself and what got you involved in this work so we can get to know you. Oh, I would love to. Um, so I started out, you know, I, I think I, where the Working a little bit backwards, I started out uh, in this industry because I came from the music business. I was a 25-year you know, career, very successful career uh, woman in the music business. I you know, did everything from being like director to senior director, vice president, senior vice president, general manager. I you know, worked my way through those ranks. And throughout... Um, and it's funny, I was just telling somebody this earlier today, throughout that experience, the thing that was missing for me was I had mentors and I had supporters and I had people who sponsored me and believed in me and were behind me and supported me. But what I didn't have and what I didn't see was a career that mirrored something that I might want for myself. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because while there are wildly successful women in the music business, what they gave up to play at that level, I wasn't willing to give up. You know, mm-hmm. um, most of them did not have families. It was very important to me to have a family. Um, it was very important to me to find a life partner. And the music business just doesn't leave room for that. You know, I remember when I first started out, I said to my boss uh, at the time, I was like, you know, I'm in this business and I just feel like if I came in one day and told you that I met this amazing guy and he's like the president of, you know, some Fortune 500 company and we're in love and I think that, you know, we're going to get married and I just want to, you know, keep my career going, I believe that you would turn to me and say, "Hmm, he sounds corny." <laughs> <laughs> and and my boss, my boss said to me, "Yeah, you're right. I probably would." <laughs> um, so So it was just this really weird thing of like, how do I envision my life, right? And how do I work toward it? So over my, throughout my career, I never could quite put my finger on what I wanted my life to look like. Now, while all that was happening, I was enormously successful and I, I was struggling because I was winning. I mean, do not get me wrong. I made great money. I had huge success. I I was winning every single day of my career. You know, Mm -hmm. there were days that were hard, but I was winning but it didn't feel like winning, right? It didn't feel like it. And the point at which I stepped away, I was, you know, crazy burned out. I mean, it is a business that just eats you alive if you let it. Mm. But I had managed to have my family to, you know, have my life partner and still have all of the things that were absolutely important to me. But with my career, it just didn't, it still didn't feel like winning. And when I came to this work, what I realized was, and and you and I've talked about this separately. Um, what I realized was that I I didn't understand what I was working toward at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I was just working, and okay. I feel like now I I have a better grasp on what I really want from my life. And when I went through my training, um, it really helped me understand what I wanted. You know, it helped me understand that the best part of my career in the music business. Um, and it's this is going to sound to somebody who's not in the music business is going to sound like, well, yeah, of course. The best part was working with the artists, not because it's glamorous, but because when they came to me, when I met artists, I met them when they were signed, when they were young, when they didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. You know, I was in being in the room the day that Pink gets signed yeah. and she's part of a girl group. 
and having to help her navigate what she wants in order to turn into the artist you see today. Mm -hmm. Knowing Usher since he was 15. I met, actually, no, I met him when he was 13, started working when he was 15. Mm -hmm. And to be, to play a role in him understanding who he wanted to be and what he wanted to do and to help him identify the right people to be part of that. And there were people who played a bigger part in in those artist careers than I did, but that was still my role. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that's what I do with my clients now. And Mm -hmm. the reason I say creative minded executives, and it's important to understand what that means. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily in a creative industry, but Mm -hmm. what it means is you have this expansive sense of what you want your career or your business to look like a lot of my art, a lot of my clients are in the creative industries. For some reason, a lot of them are in film and television, which is funny because that's not an area I would have expected to get them. But um, those, those, my lessons and, and my practice speaks to that type of client to, you know, people who just no matter which way they turn, and this is how I felt no matter which way they turn, they know that there's more out there for them, but they can't quite put their finger on it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they know they want more. And this is the crazy part. They know that they want more while they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So imagine that. Yeah. So you're tough. overwhelmed and you are you feel like trapped and you feel stuck and you feel almost like, you know, oh, I couldn't take on another thing in one way, but then mm-hmm. on the other, on the other side of it, you're like, but I want more like this isn't right. enough. Right. It's a, it's an interesting um, situation to find yourself in. So that's, that's basically, I would say in a nutshell, but I feel like I talked more, more than would fit in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's great. And it gets us to know more about you. Like I said, and, and Lisa has a company called Persistent Joy. And through that, she got guides her clients through frustrations, blocks, discouragements, holding them back from achieving exactly. success or their definition of success. So I just wanted wanted everybody to know more who you were. And then, you. like you said, you also had a 20 plus year career as a senior executive in the music business. Very rare, especially for women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, like you described, your your epiphany, your the, how you made that transition makes sense. And I love to hear how it mirrors, how what you're doing now mirrors what you did when you were in the entertainment industry. So um, anyway, thank you for that, just so we can get to know more about you. And again, we're continuing, like I said, from last week. uh, And today's topic is getting unstuck, getting unstuck and moving on in your career. Last week, we talked about the trauma of being laid off and really just making sure we, we acknowledge that that is a traumatic experience. There are stages of grief that you go through. And Lisa did a great job of taking us through the, that process of grief and how that can look for different people. You also talked last time a little bit about how you get unstuck. So if you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to listen in because it was very profound. It was very helpful to me. And I think it can help you if you've experienced any kind of loss, even if it's the loss of a loved one, the loss of anything. I think the process is still the same. So again, getting unstuck and moving on in your career. Um, So again, there's a process in getting the motivation and energy to move forward when you've been through any type of drop trauma. So can you just dig a little bit deeper from picking up from last time, uh, describing the process one would take to move forward? And you can highlight some things you talked about last week and then expound. So I'll just leave the floor open to you. Okay, thank you. Um, so I think one of the things that I, I want to really stress about getting unstuck, and this is, you know, to your point, this is, yeah, I'm a, I am absolutely a firm believer in the, the idea that the way that you do anything is the way you do everything, right? So mm-hmm. when you start thinking about the way that you live your life, what I always encourage my clients to do is to to draw on the times when they've been successful and really think about what happened that was different in that moment, right? Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you've when you had an enormous success or you've had a win, um, what was, not only what was that feeling, but what was the mindset? What did you do? How did you kind of pull yourself together 
and achieve and really reaching for that when you're going through challenge, when you're going through, you know, when you start feeling stuck. Um, one of the, 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 the first step in my mind um, and what I really have found in, in working with my clients, one of the first steps in getting unstuck is building a real connection between what you want and what you have and not what you had. What you had, you know, there, there's that belief that I'm a big, big, big proponent of that there's no past and there's no future. There is only the present, right? Mm -hmm. So what do you have? What is working for you right now? Mm -hmm. And when I talk about building that connection, what I'm really talking about, and, and we this will be so familiar to, to your listeners, um, to this idea of having vision. Now, I know so many people who in, in January 1st, they pull out their giant boards and they start doing vision boards, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I will say, I take issue with those. I'm going to raise my hand and say, I take issue with those. Not mm -hmm. because they aren't relevant, but because they are future looking. Well, your mm -hmm. brain doesn't know about the future. Your brain mm -hmm. only can experience what's happening in the present, right? Mm -hmm. So what I always... um what I always suggest is take that vision board idea a little further and just pull out a piece of paper and write with the end in mind. Mm. And what that looks like is, you know, I do, and I do this exercise on a pretty regular basis, even for myself. I, I say to myself, okay, it's two years from now. What's happened over the last two years? Mm -hmm. What does my life look like? Where am I? What am I doing? Who's with me? Um, what does it feel like? Who are my clients? What is my business like? And writing it in the present tense, looking back. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, I don't even know. I feel like COVID made me forget what year it is, but I'm like, okay, it's 2023. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the last two years have been insane. I can't believe that we've, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's, it's an imaginative play, but what it does is you're wired. Your brain is wired to problem solve. So mm -hmm. what it does is it connects you to this greater vision. And inevitably, every single person I talk to, and I say this to them, like, be specific. If you want to make, you know, a million dollars, you know, the first year was rough, but we're, we're, we have our eye on that first million in my business. Like, put that in. Be as specific as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Because what your brain starts doing is like, oh, okay, so we're going to make a million dollars. All right, well, okay, let's figure this out. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, we talk about manifestation, but what manifestation really is, is believing, right? It's mm -hmm. it's this idea that that the three three things are aligned that are most important, what you say, what you do, and what you think. Mm -hmm. So when we start talking about manifestation and we're talking about being laid off and imagining a new future for ourselves, we can't do that by being in the past. Right. It's not possible mm -hmm. because the past is gone. It doesn't exist. Right. So when you start imagining what your future looks like, you want to be able to feel it and taste it and see it and have that vision board by all means, put that up on the wall mm -hmm. and write what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Right, write what it looks like. So that's my first, my one of my first kind of big things with getting unstuck. The second one. Can I say something funny? Oh, real of quick course. To that. So, um, me, me, and my um, regular co-host, her name is Terry Thomas. We were going to be hosting a vision boarding party. <laughs> and when you said that you take issue with vision boarding, I was like, okay, I'm curious to what she has to say. So it's not to say that you're against them. It's just taking the a different approach by looking in the future, but writing in the present. Right. Exactly. And it goes back to what you it's believe, an extra what you step. say, what you think, and, and what you're, and that aligns with what your mindset is. Is that exactly right? you hit okay. it right on the head? Because mm -hmm. what you're doing, like the, what the visual, what the vision board does is connect you, like connect you to an actual visual, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what, what I'm, what I'm arguing actually is to take it a step further mm -hmm. and make it tangible. Got it. So that it's not just, you know, if you're writing, um, like, for example, I did my vision um, statement and, and I update it on a regular basis, but I did it about four years ago and it was looking ahead three years mm -hmm. and in it, and I, I recently found it and in it, it said, you know, we're getting settled into our new home mm -hmm. and we moved a year ago. Mm -hmm. So 
basically I moved and started getting settled into my new home in that time that, um, that I had outlined for myself. Now I will say this, even though that was part of my vision, I firmly kept saying, well, you know, I would love to move. I've never seen a house that was worth it. So we'll probably never move. Like that was how I was living Mm -hmm. my life. Like we had Mm -hmm. no intention of moving, even though I wanted to move. Mm -hmm. I knew that it would have to be something really special in order for us to kind of go through with it. So, and there's a point, I'm glad you said that because there's a point that you made that connection. There's a point. The reason that this is, this is really like life-changing is that what it means is that when you get to crossroads where you, where you're making decisions, if you have a visual connection, right, which you're doing through your vision boards, Mm -hmm. and then you have an emotional connection that you're doing through writing, right? And it's, we're not talking, don't get at your computer, pull out a piece of paper and do longhand. Mm -hmm. You, what happens is that when you get to crossroads, you make different decisions because it's familiar, right? Mm -hmm. So even for us with moving, um, our mutual friend, Lisa found our house, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, I am always, I always laugh. I was not looking, (laughs) but I had put it out in the universe that I'd be open. And she said to me, I think I found your house. And I just was like, yeah, I doubt that. Like, cause (laughs) that's me. Like my default is no. Like anytime someone asks me to do something, I'm like, no, 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 I can't Mm -hmm. do it. (laughs) <laughs> and um, she said, I think you're found your house. And I was like, oh, I doubt that. And she said, okay, I'll send the listing, take a look. I looked at it and I was just like, oh, okay. And when I walked in the house, I came with another friend and she said, this is your house. I said, yeah, this is my house. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, it was because I, I I was connected to the vision of what I imagined my house to be. Yeah. Not because like I could have easily walked in here because we saw another house that was similar, but I could have easily walked in here and be like, oh yeah, I could, I could see myself living here. That's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. I walked in and I was like, oh yeah, this is my house. Mm. This is what I imagined. This is what I had in my head when I, you know, when I wrote you know, three years ago that I wanted to be moving, you know, that I wanted to move and what it would be like. Mm -hmm. And I found that when, when you're connected to your own personal vision at that kind of um, really micro level, I believe that, you know, the road rises to meet your feet. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I believe that when you're, you know, again, we talk about manifestation and I, I always want to, I always want to kind of say that it's real and it's not cosmic. Mm-hmm. It's really not cosmic. It's just real. It's that you see it and you recognize it. And the reason that you manifest it is because you're connected to it. Yes. And that's a really big part of getting unstuck. Yeah. And that's why you encourage writing it down. And that's interesting because yes. in, in my coaching practice, I usually will say when it comes to career, like imagine you in your career, what are you doing? Who you're interacting with? Like really visualize it, but writing it down and all the other steps you said takes it a step further. I love that. Love yeah. That. And when I, when I use the, the this exercise with clients, I have them uh, read it back to me as if we haven't seen each other in a mm-hmm. few years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's funny because I feel very uncomfortable, but I'm like, yeah, no, read it back, you know, and mm-hmm. I'll go into a whole role play like, Hey, Angela, it's mm-hmm. so good to see you. What's been going on? Mm-hmm. And then they read back to me their vision and and they feel the excitement and they and they feel the benefit. And I think, you know, that kind of brings me to a second point mm-hmm. that when we're when we're in change and we're in transition, the most important thing is to, in my opinion anyway, is to um, focus on the benefit of the change, not mm-hmm. the challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So when you do an exercise like that, you start really, you're in that moment and you've already had the success and you've had the challenge, like, and people will, people will acknowledge, you know, so this was hard. I had to do a lot of work, but let me tell you what happened. You know, Mm -hmm. even though they're, they're, you know, they know it's never Pollyanna. It's never like, girl, it was so easy. Like, no, it's always Mm -hmm. like, I worked hard. I did this. I did that. And I find one of the things that's funny is I find people surprised when they do the exercise that some of what they see in their vision, they hadn't even quite imagined. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when they were going into it and the reason I go back to the vision boards for one second, the reason that I say, like, I take issue with vision boards in, in this sense is that you may not find the perfect picture. Like it's Mm -hmm. in you. It's not, uh, you know what I mean? It's not in a magazine, on a website, on Pinterest, it's in you. So the, the more that you can create that visualization within yourself, the easier it is to recognize those crossroads where when they 
when you have to make a choice that gets you closer to that vision. Mm-hmm. Right? So good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it's so rewarding though, but when you can focus on the benefit of a change, it makes it so different. I, and I, and forgive me, did I tell you the last time when we spoke, did I tell you the story about my, my aunt that smoked? No. I, I just, okay. This is like one of my favorite focusing on the benefit stories. It's real quick. Mm-hmm. So um, I have an aunt, my favorite aunt, like she's just the best, absolutely hands down the best. And she smoked for years. She was of that generation. And she was like a heavy smoker, like, you know, mm-hmm. two, three packs a day, no problem. And we would all, you know, everyone in the family, little by little, my uncle smoked a pipe. He stopped smoking. My cousins all smoked. They stopped smoking. Everybody little by little quit smoking. And my aunt was like that last holdout. Everyone, even in the extended family had, had quit smoking and she would be outside smoking a cigarette. And then suddenly she stopped. Mm. And I, I was asking her about it one day. I said, you know, I noticed you don't smoke anymore. Like what, what happened? She goes, you know, for years, everybody told me I was killing myself for years. Everybody told me, you know, what damage I was doing and all of these things. She said, and then one day I decided to think about what the benefit of quitting would be like, what would be the benefit of my quitting? Mm-hmm. And she said that she, she broke it down. Now, I'm not saying this works for everybody, but I just thought this was fascinating. Mm -hmm. She broke it down to what was happening in her body physically for every time she didn't smoke when she wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. So whether it went an hour or a day or four days, you know, and she would like get down to the cellular level, like, well, you know, this is what's happening in my lungs and this is what's happening here and this is what's happening there. And then eventually it came down to... um, you know, the amount of uh, the, the the reduction in the likelihood that she would, you know, have lung cancer and all of these things. But she said, you know, I couldn't quit when all I could see was how hard it was going to be. Yeah. She said, but when I started realizing that like, oh my gosh, because I didn't smoke today, this is what's happening in my body. Mm-hmm. And when, because I didn't smoke today, I didn't have to go stand outside alone because I didn't smoke today. I got to, you know, spend an extra 15 minutes you know, with my husband or I got to like, and she just started, she just, it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed and she quit cold Turkey. Wow. Wow. This was a person that tried to quit many times before, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So again, like that idea of focusing on the benefit, if you've been laid off, there is a benefit. I know it doesn't feel that way in the moment, Mm -hmm. but there is a benefit. There is something greater than that situation that's going to benefit you. It may right. mean spending time with your family. It may mean having time to finally focus on some, you know, mental health issues with a professional that you've put off, you know, self-care. Like there's just so much opportunity there. So when you're able to identify that opportunity, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Love that. So um, I want to come back to something that you and I both talked about and it's mindset. Um and, you, you know, you've alluded to it in a lot of ways, but I want to expand, expound upon that a little bit because it makes me think about a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. And I think mindset has a lot to do with how you can move on, how you can get unstuck. And just so our listeners understand the difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset, a fixed mindset is when someone avoids challenge, gives up easily. They think they can't grow from a situation. And again, they have difficulty moving forward. And again, in essence, you have more of a tendency to stay stuck when you have a fixed mindset. But with a growth mindset, um, you consider circumstances, whether they're good or whether they're bad, as growth opportunities. You look at the situation as an opportunity to learn and get better. So what are some ways you think someone can shift to a growth mindset to help them get unstuck? I love this. I love this question. Thank you for this. Um, I think you kind of hit it on the head that when Mm -hmm. you're facing the challenge to, to really just ask yourself, like, what's the opportunity here? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel, I don't feel great, but what's the opportunity here? Mm -hmm. Um, And actually I'm going to correct myself. Not, I don't feel great, but what's the opportunity start replacing, but with, and I've been like a huge, I just believe that one of the most powerful words in our vocabulary is, and the reason is that multiple things can exist in the, in the same paradigm. You're not, you know, it, it, but implies like guilt and loss and, and a fixed mindset to be fair. So 
the idea when you start looking at it in, in terms of how you want to um, foster a growth mindset is to start adding and. So you start, you start with the idea that you are in a position that you did not want to find yourself in. And you're looking for what you can get out of it. Mm-hmm. So you're looking for what's that thing that you've always wanted to try right? What's that thing that you've kind of neglected? Um, There was a point when I was laid off and I, my grandmother, you know, I'm fortunate. I'm, you know, to have had my, the way that my, my grandmother had children and my mom had children. I had my grandmother from pretty much almost my whole life. She just dropped, just passed away a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And when I was laid off, she had surgery Mm-hmm. And she had had knee surgery. And I was, for the first time in my life as an adult, I was given the opportunity to do something for her because I was laid off. Mm-hmm. So I went and lived with her for about a month and helped her, you know, recuperate from her surgery. And it was great. Awesome. But I was able to do that because I got laid off, right. you know? So, right. so when you start talking about what the opportunity is and, and start talking about the growth, a growth mindset around it, um, it becomes how can I benefit? What is the benefit? And generally, generally, it's the benefit that's the least selfish. Mm. So what that means is start looking at your community service. Start looking at what's important to you. Start looking at, um, you know, I, I personally lean on refugee resettlement. That's a big part of my personal life mission. Mm-hmm. And I started doing it when I was at a low point because I needed to give somebody else something in order, you know, to, to basically make myself feel old, feel whole. I needed to give to somebody else to pour into some, someone else. So when you start talking about the growth mindset, it's look, it's just looking for opportunity and it's looking for unselfish opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's being curious yeah. You know, there's a, um, there's a way that I explain it, that if you have a growth mindset, think of it like you, you know, you run into, I'm going to say Trader Joe's for this conversation. You run into Trader Joe's and you bump into somebody. Mm-hmm. If you have a fixed mindset, you're going to bump into somebody and you're going to, your, your response is going to be, God, this always happens. You know, this is why I don't come here. And, uh, and you you get angry and you're just like, you know, just forget it. And you leave. If you have a growth mindset and you bump into somebody in Trader Joe's, you're like, okay, you're okay. All right. I'm okay. What just happened? Like, why, like, how can I help? And what, one of the things I always say is if you have a growth mindset, you might make make a new friend because you randomly bumped into them. You might find out they were blind, which you, you couldn't see because you Mm -hmm. were so lost in your own, you know, selfishness at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, And you may just have an amazing five-minute interaction that makes your day, that makes that person's day, simply by meeting it with curiosity, you know, and the opportunity to be kind. Yes. We had, I was with my mom. My mom was was um, impaired on one side. With, her sight was impaired on one side. And we were walking through New York and this woman was rushing someplace and miscalculated the amount of space between the building and my mom. And she was on my mom's blind side. Mm-hmm. And the way that she came through, the way she was coming through, had she made it, she probably would have knocked my mom down. Oh my. Um, but she tripped and she fell mm-hmm. and she hurt herself. And our response, you know, of course, to me, of course, was, oh my gosh, are you okay? okay. You know, I stopped and helped her. I had band-aids, helped her clean herself up. And she said to me, you know, thank you so much. I would have, I would have never expected anyone to help me. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, because we stopped, I mean, we were with her for a good minute because she was also shook up. She was on her way to a job interview. Oh no. She, tripped, she fell, she ripped her pants. She's <gasps> and it was oh. terrible for her. Yes. But what my mom said when we walked away that I thought was interesting is she said, you know, she would have, she would have knocked me down and not looked twice. I mm-hmm. said, you're right. Cause mm-hmm. that's where her mindset was. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that just having that open heart and sense of curiosity and community and, and, and understanding that opportunities present themselves in different ways and being open to that and being a little like unattached to the outcome, you know, mm-hmm. somebody bumps into you. Okay. Are you okay? We're right. okay. You know? Okay. Um, and I think that, that 
cultivating that helps you stay open to opportunity when you start looking in, in terms of your career then you start becoming a little bit more expansive, you know, and I know we'll probably talk about this. I think you and I talked about it before, but um, how we define our careers, you know, we tend to see ourselves as positions, you know, we're not positions. Like I am, Mm -mm. I am a coach. Mm -hmm. However, my career for many, many years was in marketing. Mm -hmm. So I am also and (laughs) a (laughs) career marketing executive, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Those two things, you know, I'm not a career marketing executive, but I became a coach. Right. I'm a marketing executive and I'm a coach. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, so I think um, that's really, really important. Now, I know Love that we it. had talked at one point about going through the cycle of change. Can we dig yes. in on that a little? Yes, go ahead. This is my favorite. I love this lesson. <laughs> So I am a, I'm a big proponent of change. Now I tend to, to rely on change to kind of shake things up for myself. Mm-hmm. And I never really had the perspective on what it meant um, or why I did that. And through my training and through working with clients, what I, what I came to realize is that we are all always in the cycle of change. And there are parts of our lives that are in different parts of the cycle. So the, the way that this was explained to me that I've really held on to for, for all these years is imagine yourself with a deck of cards, right? And mm-hmm. we're going to put couch this in the context of being laid off. So imagine yourself with a deck of cards, you're playing a game, right? You are, you are in it. You've been playing this game for 10 years, 15 years, however long, five years, however long you've been at the company and you've got your role and the game has been dealt out and you are just playing it every day, getting out of bed, playing the same card game. You got it. You got it. You got it. You get laid off, mm-hmm. a little blindsiding. But what that means is that now you're no longer playing that game. Now you can continue to sit and stay and sit at that table while everyone else leaves, which of course makes little sense, or you can pick up the deck of cards, put them back together. And that's called a toss in, right? So you're tossing in the game, put the cards back together and you start shuffling. So what shuffling represents is trying to figure out what you're going to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're all there. We're there in our personal relationships. We're there in our self-care. What am I going to do? How am I going to take care of myself? What's going to be my next career choice? What was missing? What game do I want to play? Right. So you're shuffling and you're shuffling. What game do I want to play? Ah, all right. I'm going to play solitaire. Mm -hmm. Lay out the cards. That's the dealing phase. You've come up with the idea. You're kind of excited. Everything feels new and fresh and you're like, I'm going to conquer the world, you know, and you deal out the game and you start playing it. And then you kind of have some bumpy moments, you know, that never anyone who plays solitaire with real cards knows it never goes the way you think it's going to go. Right. Right. (laughs) So you're like, (laughs) it doesn't. So you're just like playing the game. You're playing the game. You're doing your best. You're making choices in the moment. And then you start realizing, you know, hmm. This is a little challenging. All right, I'm going to see it through. I'm done with this game. Toss in, Mm -hmm. shuffle while you're shuffling, thinking about that next game, deal it, start playing it, right? Mm -hmm. And what the reason I love this metaphor is think about all of the places in your life where you are, you know, right now, where you're just processing, right? So the places... Um, you know, you, you've, you've experienced a great loss when you're, you're going through that and you don't know what to do. And that's where I think people give themselves such a hard time. Like, I think the reason that understanding the cycle of change is important is so that you understand where you are in the cycle mm-hmm. so that you're not beating yourself up. You know, the, what I find is that people get, when they feel stuck, right. A lot of time I'm like, Oh, it's cause you're shuffling. You haven't decided mm. what you want to do yet. Mm-hmm, so let's mm-hmm. work on deciding what you want to do. So you're not really stuck. You're shuffling. Yeah. Love that. You haven't chosen. You haven't made a decision. And unfortunately, the reality of that is the choices we make can often be just as powerful as the choices that we don't make. Yes. So while you're shuffling, you know, there are there are things that you could be doing. There are other other areas where you could be, you know, whether it's earning money or or working towards relationships while you're still shuffling, you're trying to figure it out. 
then when you decide what that game is going to be, you've got, you have to put together your plan. You have to have your vision for where it's going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing in relationships. You meet somebody new and you're shuffling when you're like, oh man, Mm -hmm. I really like him. Right. (laughs) You're shuffling. And then, you know, um, we've all been in that place where it's like, well, I don't want a relationship. And you're like, okay, well, keep shuffling. Cause I do, <laughs> <laughs> but you were nice, right? I'm not gonna play that game with you. Cause that's not the game you're playing. Right. Mm-hmm. But understanding kind of where you are in that process in any specific area of your life can help you be a little kinder and a little gentler with yourself when you're still in that shuffle st- space yeah. or, you're still, or you just dealt out the cards and you know, you're starting to play a new game or you're starting to look for a job or you're, you're, you're still figuring out the game. Mm -hmm. So to give yourself that space, because when you were laid off, you were playing a game that was thrown in for you, right? right? You didn't have the opportunity to say, I don't want to play this game anymore. Someone Mm -hmm. else picked up the cards and Mm -hmm. part of mourning that part of that, you know, grief that we've talked about is a result of, you know, somebody else touched your cards. Like you're like, what are you doing? Exactly. I I wanted to keep playing that game. How dare you? Right. Right. And you wanting to play it doesn't mean it less mean that it's less over. Right. Right. (laughs) The fact that you're still sitting there wanting to play it. If the game is over, it's over. It's moved on. Time is moved on. I love that because like you said, in your career, there's ebbs and flows in our careers. There's highs, there's lows, there's decisions me, we make that are amazing. There's, there's sometimes decisions that are made for us. And I love the, the card metaphor because it's like, okay, this, this was not the part of the game that I was expecting. So let's shuffle. (laughs) Then you kind of figuring out the game you're playing again. Right. Uh, So this, this happened. Okay. So now what is the game? And then I also take away from that, be curious and keep that growth mindset throughout the process and be open to the possibilities of what could be. And then you may not know all the answers and that's where we can get stuck and be hard on ourselves. Why don't I know this? Why can't I figure this out? I thought this was going to be it. And, you know, whatever else people go through, but if you just keep shuffling until you figure out the game and then lay out the plan, you'll get through it. We, we all do. And that, again, that's why I love you call it the cycle of change because we all experience cycles yes. of change in our and it's career, circular. lives. Yeah. It's legitimately circular. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's aging. It's, it's everything. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you get through, you get to a point in life where things change and you start shuffling, you know, the cards and you're like, wow, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in my thirties. What does that mean? I'm in yeah. my forties. What does that mean? I'm yeah. in my fifties. What does that? Well, that's, that's the cycle of change. Yeah. And, and it doesn't we, have to be a crisis. Yeah. yeah. And if we embrace it more, cause change is inevitable. We may keep ourselves from a lot of stress in life. And then, like you said, not being so hard on ourselves and giving us ourselves grace because you don't go through change and know all the answers all the time. Nope. <laughs> And you you said something really important in there, in there that, you know, nature, nature wants growth, like nature mm-hmm. abhors stagnation. Mm-hmm. You don't, you either grow or you die. Yeah. A plant either grows or it dies. Now you may have stasis. Everybody can talk about bears, hibernating. All, they're still growing. They're, they're still alive. Right. So when we start looking at our lives and we start feeling stuck, I firmly believe that that feeling of being stuck is when there's stagnation somewhere. And mm-hmm. what you're really reaching for is growth. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to that thing of like, you know, my clients that come to me who are completely overwhelmed, but at the same time saying, I want more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like, cause you're looking, you're reaching for growth. You're reaching right. Love it. Love it. Love it. So just to recap the point you said, and correct me if I captured this wrong, but the first step was, was to build a connection of what you want and what you have. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the, where you used to have the writing exercise of vision. Think of the future vision board, but write in the present. And then you said, focus on the benefit of the change. Mm-hmm. Right. Was that the second point? Yeah. And then the third was we talked about fixed and growth mindset. And you said focus on and instead of but and be curious. And mm-hmm. then the cycle of change and, and 
um, really practicing that and being mindful of that in life, in your career in general. I think it'll it'll serve you well. Again, these have been so helpful to me. Oh my goodness. So <laughs> I feel like everything you say is just relevant to something <laughs> in my life, whether it be career, whether it be life, whatever it is, because we oh. all go through different things in our lives and it's been super helpful to me. But um, any other advice you would share to help someone get unstuck after being laid off? Yes, I have one more for you okay. that I okay. think is really going to be helpful. So I thank you for encapsulating everything the way that you you did, because that's like you hit it all 100% on the head. And I think anyone listening, listen more than once, because it really is like this is valuable information. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'll add to it is this understand what your mission is. Mm -hmm. If you understand your mission, none of these things can hold you back. Now, what I mean by that um, is understand it's, it's basically a dynamic of understanding what your unique talent is and how you want to use it to affect the world. Mm-hmm. Right. And it becomes a, it becomes kind of a little bit of a, it's basically a mission statement that it becomes like, I want to use my unique talent. Like I, I, I can give you mine mm-hmm. pretty much off the top of my head. Um, my unique talent is that I can see people in a way that most people can't. Like I just, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to understand that and to understand that that's like my, my talent. I can see things that a lot of people can't. And I want to use my unique talent to be able to see inside the souls of other people to help them become their best selves and pay that forward out into the world. Mm -hmm. That's my mission. That's not my goal. That's not my tactic. That's not what I do. You know, I don't wake up in the morning thinking that I don't wake Mm -hmm. up in the morning, you know, like making my coffee, thinking about how am I going to do that? (laughs) Fulfill that mission today. Right. But because I understand what my mission is, as I go through life and I have the opportunity to touch people in a way that changes their lives, I jump on it at every possible moment. Mm -hmm. Even just being here with you, right? Mm -hmm. Being here with you is completely in alignment with my mission. And it feels amazing. Yes. Being in the music business for a very long time Mm -hmm. was in alignment with my mission because I was able to change people's lives, like artists, like people who, who either, you know, separate and apart from whether or not they wanted to be stars. You know, there were a lot of artists I work with that came out of poverty Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, this changed their lives. They were able to change, to create generational wealth. They were able to create opportunity for friends and family to have careers that they wouldn't have otherwise had. Um, so my mission is this greater archer arching opportunity for me to stay true to so that when I reach places, when I feel uncomfortable, I reach for my mission. So, so sometimes I, sometimes I feel uncomfortable because I feel insecure, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes Mm -hmm. I feel uncomfortable and be like, oh, that's too big. Like, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, okay, do I not want to do it because it it doesn't align with my mission or am I just like being afraid? Mm Mm-hmm. And if I come back with, you know, hey, it aligns with your mission and you're being afraid, I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> let me suck it up. Yeah. Um, but then more importantly, when I'm when I find myself with an opportunity that seems really great, but it doesn't match my mission, I either look for a way to align it with my mission or I, you know, gracefully bow out. Mm. Um, and the first part of that's really important because sometimes it's not obvious how something is lining with your mission. That's sure. that's why I tell people all the time. I'm like, listen, I don't believe in blowing up your life. You don't have to quit your job and leave your family and to have the life that you want. You have to identify what your mission is and what actions you can take that align with that mission within the scope of the life that you're living. Because mm-hmm. that is possible. But if you don't know right. what you're working for, you're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna right. feel great about it. Yeah. So that's my last one. Yeah. That's so good. It's so important because it's, I, I alluded to almost aligning up, lining up with maybe a purpose or mission. I mean, they, they kind of Mm -hmm. relate to each other and it makes me think about, um, I've been following glow autonomo. She's a, she was a, a travel blogger and she's a, you know, 
very, very successful entrepreneur. She does lots of different things from self-help type of things to helping people build their, build their businesses. And one thing that she's been mentioning lately that really resonated with me, and she talked about how she got when she went through tough times in her life and got depressed, um, she realized once she was able to pour into others and really connect to what her mission was in life, whether it's to build a community of people to take them to the next level or whatever that is, that's what gave like her life again. And I think that when it comes to career, when you can, when you have that broader mission, it's more than just about that job that you had, you know, it's, it's easier to think about the cycle of change. Like you mentioned and going through the deck of cards, you know, figuring out what the game is and also always being mindful of your mission or when an opportunity comes, like you said, aligning that with your mission and it may not come to you right away, but if you just be mindful of that, I think that's another way to your point that can help you to get unstuck of just be clear on your mission and not just, this job or this, this particular, I thought it was going to go this way because again, <laughs> life has a funny way of playing jokes on us. Like, yeah, you thought that's how it was going to go. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? exactly. and that goes back to the cycle of change you were talking about. So I love, love, love that. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I love, I'm going to have to check out glow. I've never, I've never heard of glow autonomy. So I'm yeah. on that. Thank you for yeah, that. She's really good. She's been really, uh, I don't know. I was just connected with her quite a bit lately and just love what she's doing. That's awesome. So we yes. started doing, wait, can I share one more thing? Yeah, sure. We, we started, um, we started doing our family mission, you know, quite a few years ago, we really built a connection and a mindfulness to what our family mission is. And it's informed how we contribute to charity. It's informed um, kind of how we, what we value and the people in our lives and how we want to express it. And, you know, as you know, um, my husband, and I have a 10 year old and, oh, sorry, 11 year old, his birthday. Is <laughs> and, um, and I see that coming back, you know, mm-hmm. I see, I see him um, even for his birthday, he had a great birthday, got lots of presents and didn't open them because he had the opportunity to spend time with friends. We were able to do something that was COVID friendly in our, in our yard and he had so much fun that, you know, I kept saying to him, well, are you going to open your presents? And he said, oh, it wasn't about that, mom. It wasn't Aww. about that. Right. And that's because we talk about our mission. We talk about what we want for our family and what we want for him and what we want for each other on a regular basis. It's just a natural conversation. So I can't say enough how important it is to connect yourself to to tether to tether yourself to a deeper understanding mm-hmm. of how, how of how vast the possibility is right yeah so I know that sounds a little counterintuitive but basically what I'm saying is to like tether yourself to the idea that your life can be anything you want it yes. to be anything yes. like mm-hmm. we are not you know we have outer blocks and that we we're restricted by at by resources and certain things but there are ways to work those in, work around them and address them. Mm-hmm. The inner blocks are the ones that hold us back. Yes. So, 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 so true. Yes. So I just want to thank you for uh, continuing to expand upon the topic of when you're laid off, how to get unstuck, how to move on in your career. And I just don't want to make light of, of Lisa. Like she talked about, you know, the artists she's worked with, but, you know, you, you talked about you built your career helping artists tap into their greatness. And I just want to mention some of the artists she, that Lisa has worked with. <laughs> if you're not convinced of how amazing <laughs> she is, okay? So she, you mentioned Pink. She's worked with Pink, TLC, Usher, Outkast, Ciara, Snoop Dogg, Luke Christopher, Miguel, g Easy, and many, many more. And yeah. um, did I say Mary J. Blige? Is she Mary, in that one? No, she's not in that one. Yes. Mary J. Blige. Keep going. Who else? Jodeci. Okay. All right. <laughs> I know I'm very bad at this, but then sometimes it gets my brain going. So Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, mm-hmm. Heavy D and the Boys. Um, I have to say, you know, RIP Heavy D, he was one of the absolute most kind people I've ever met in my life. I met him at a point when I had no idea what I was doing (laughs) and he acknowledged it and was like, honey, I know I got you. And really gave me the room to like, I was like his publicist with no experience. And he was Uh like, okay, we're going to make this work. Uh Um, 
but yeah, I've worked with all of them and a whole lot more. Um, some of them I don't, you know, Chris Brown, who is my heart. I would, I know he's, he, he's a little polarizing. I have always had great experiences with him. I've never mm-hmm. felt any way other than anything other than love from him. Mm-hmm. And I always say this when, you know, um, in the spirit of integrity, the only artist that I had that I actually refused to work with, and I had a lot of issues, um, corporate uh, corporate po- political issues, was R. Kelly. Mm. Um, I refused to work with him, which I've never had to do that before, but I did, and I'm glad I did. Yeah. Uh, but I say all that to say, you know, yeah, you're. I mean, you're right, and thank you for that. It's yeah. it's hard to, you know, it's hard to like, you know, reconcile that in my mind sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, this was this was my life. This was your life. Yes. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And again, <laughs> she she helped them tap into their greatness. And now she helps her clients tap into their her their greatness. And so I think there's so many connections to what you do and helping people navigate their career. You know, I, I you know, you help people get unstuck. I help people specifically with their career. But Lisa, tell us again where we can find you more about you. Absolutely. You can find me at persistenjoy.com. And um, you can also find me, I, I always, you know, you can find me on, on uh, Instagram, but really majority on LinkedIn. I actually, in the spirit of conquering our own, you know, blocks, I hired someone today to start mm-hmm. helping me get my message out in, in more meaningful ways. So um, those are the places to find me. And I would just add to it. The one thing I don't talk about much that I want to just add to say, you know, I've also really helped a lot of professionals in my, in my career. Like I've always been a big believer in the advancement of my um, team. And I believe in letting people, you know, really have the opportunity to shine and understanding that they have their own aspirations and wanting them to win. So I want, my clients to win. I want Angela to win. I want you got your Mm -hmm. listeners to win. I just want like, I want everybody to win and I want it to feel like winning because when it feels like winning, oh my God, it's so great. Oh yes. That resonates so much with me. And I appreciate that about you. That's probably why we get along so well. (laughs) So, um, but on LinkedIn, they just, um, they they just find it would be Lisa Cambridge Mitchell Mitchell and the same on Instagram. Yes, correct. Cambridge Mitchell and then persistenjoy.com. Persist yes. enjoy. And persist enjoy is also on on Instagram. Um yes. it's just there's not a lot there so you can follow me and we're making that transition over. But yes, please, you know, k- try to keep in touch, keep up. We're going to do some really big things. I have a 5-day challenge coming up that I'm working on that I'm really excited about. So hopefully we can share that with your listeners. Um yeah. And yes, I'm here. And forgive me if you hear yelling in the background. I think my son just made it outside the door. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> no worries. So thank you again for being um, my guest. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. We will be having Lisa back um, next time where we'll be talking about managing imposter syndrome during your job search. So all of these connect again, if you've been laid off, or even if you haven't been laid off or just navigating your career, be sure to tune in. That's what we've been focused on for the past, uh, all year, all year, actually. And we will continue on until we run out of topics. And <laughs> trust me, we have a long <laughs> list of topics to talk about related so forever, to forever. You're never going to yes. run out of topics. Right. <laughs> It's like I focus on life and business too, but we uh, interject that as well. But our our primary focus has been on career. So again, thank you again, Lisa, for being uh, with me. And I look forward to another conversation with you. Thanks to my listeners for listening. And again, don't forget to subscribe and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Bye, everyone.